Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's podcast was, uh, I think it was a little bit different format than we typically do, but it was fun. We went through our own, each of us had 10 predictions for 2020 in, in sort of the state of marketing and technology. So overall, it was the 20 marketing predictions for 2020. Enjoy. All right, Taylor. So today's episode is 20 predictions for 2020. Yeah, marketing predictions. Marketing predictions. Yeah, we wanted to try something a little bit different today. You know, get out our crystal ball. And uh, we're sitting here in, what, November of 2019. And so we're going to give our best shot to give our 20 predictions for 2020 when it comes to marketing and technology and just sort of the state of our industry. And so you and I have not discussed this prior to this podcast, so we don't know. I don't know your 10 predictions and you don't know my 10 predictions. So let's just jump right into it and talk about, you know, our our predictions for 2020. So my first prediction for marketing in 2020 is that voice search will become brands top SEO priority. Um, I think we've already seen, you know, huge trends in, in voice search. I think the most recent stat that I saw that was close to 25% of mobile searches were actually voice searches. And I just think that trend is going to continue as devices adapt and make it easier. To That's ask. like 100% of my searches. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I, I've converted to pretty much that's how I text as well. Right. It's all text to talk. The technology is getting better. I mean, when it first came out, you would ask a question and it had no idea what you were saying or it would search the wrong thing. And now it's getting better and better. And it's just going to be a part of the way that we right. interact. And I think from a brand's perspective, when you think about SEO, it's so much more important to show up at the top and to make sure your data is structured properly. Because if you ask, you know, Siri a question or you're asking Alexa a question or you're trying to buy something, it doesn't typically say, okay, here's 15 of your top results for you to choose from, right? It just tells you the answer. And so when it comes to purchasing decisions, I think you're going to see that trend continue especially on the consumer side. I mean, if you're optimizing for Amazon or anything like that, and you say, hey, you know, Alexa, order me paper towels, they're only going to send you one brand, right? right? So how do you become that brand? I think people are going to spend a lot of money. Companies are going to spend a lot of money to try to win that race, right? I think the one that has the highest margin for Amazon will be the one that you get. Correct. I think that that's a whole other animal or it'll be you know, the Amazon basics brand. But um, yeah, I think as if you're talking about a B2B brand, you have right. to kind of think about your buyer and what is their decision making process look like? And is there a way that you can interpret a, a voice search strategy or that a, a consumer or a company might actually be looking for something using voice search, right? And so if that's the case, whether that's now or you can see that trend happening in the next 10 years, now is the time to at least start researching and looking into how you can capitalize on that. Cool. So the next prediction is about influencer marketing. I think the state of influencer marketing is going to change as we know it. You look at what's happened recently with Instagram and testing out, removing the likes. I think you're going to see that trend happening whenever you have a new sort of trend, right? It's either a fad or it's right. something that's here to stay. And I think something like influencer marketing became so wildly popular that platforms have already changed how they allow people to monetize. I mean, YouTube has made a lot of changes and you can't make as much money on YouTube as you could before. I think influencers is kind of, we have this bubble of 
influencers, right? And somebody with a thousand followers is, you know, calling themselves an influencer, right? And so you're going to have this rise and rise and rise. And with every bubble, it's going to pop in some direction. I think in this case, it's going to go back to the quality of the content, right? And so people that are influencers now, because they have a lot of followers and a lot of likes are kind of going to go away. And you're going to see the influencers rise to the top that are the way that influencers before they were called influencers have always been effective is because you trust that person, right? You right. ask somebody's opinion, you trust them, you value them. They provide a lot of value in the content that they're creating. They have a true and loyal following. I think that's the way that the shift is going to happen in influencer marketing and brands are going to have to react to how do we find the right influencers, not just, okay, I'm selling something to, you know, males 35 to 50, you know, who has the most followers. They're going to look at who is truly influential within that space and who has, you know, attentive followers, right? Because right. it's not about the number of likes and followers anymore. Cool. So my third prediction is to do with Google ads. So over the last few years, you've seen a lot of trend in, in the way of automation with Google ads. And I think that's going to continue to accelerate automation across all platforms that right, is becoming more prevalent. And so if you look at Google's business model, right, how they make money, it is all off ads. And so what they need to do and what they're going to continue to do is make ads more accessible to everyone. They're going to make right. to business owners, right? They're trying to advertise. They need to make them more relevant to the user because that's going to get more clicks. And then the more accessible they are, the more relevant they are, the more they can charge for that. So I see the competition going up because they're taking more and more real estate on devices, especially as searches shift to smaller devices like mobile phones and tablets going to take up more real estate on that search result, which is going to increase the competition, and then it's going to increase the cost. So I think you've seen that trend year over year for the last, you know, 15 years or however long Google ads have been around, maybe not 15, maybe 10. They're but, working really hard on yes. the income that's not ads. Right. With new acquisition of Fitbit yep. and everything like that. Yep. They know this is... Right. It's, it's not sustainable, right? right. Because, it, I mean, we see it a lot in small businesses struggle with trying to figure out the ROI of something like Google Ads because the math just doesn't work out. The economics just don't work. So I see automation coming into play more so that, you know, especially on a small business owner right. side, they can kind of do it themselves. You don't have to hire a professional to do that. But at the same time, whenever you see increased levels of competition, increased cost, there's more of a need for right. you to hire somebody who knows what they're doing, right? So I, I see a little bit of a combination of the two. I see more automation coming in, I see better reporting, better attribution. And of course, whenever there's better value, it's going to be more expensive. Sure. All right. So my fourth prediction here is, I think this is a trend that we're seeing. And what I think it's going to culminate to is brands will actually employ what I would refer to as a chief evangelist officer. So I see that people are building more personal brands. I see that Companies are, I mean, at the end of the day, you're always buying from a person, right? You buy from people that you trust, brands that you trust. And today it's coming down to having a person, something like this, right? right. Having a podcast, people can see sort of behind the curtain. You can see it's somebody that you know, that you trust, that they can represent the brand. And I think that on a sales side or a marketing side, companies are actually going to start hiring people to just do that to be the face of the company, especially mm -hmm. larger brands that are sort of faceless now, right? You're going to see either the CEO take on that position, or you're going to see somebody be hired in to actually represent that company and you leverage social media and media that we have today, technology that we have today to reach the audience on a personal level. 
Yeah, uh, it's a, it was very popular for a lot of those startups. So I mm-hmm. can only imagine smaller companies adopting that. Yeah, exactly. You have to kind of follow those kind of trends, right? Whenever you see a you know startup that's successful it. and then you know big companies start to adapt it, that's when it's gonna gonna catch on. So my fifth prediction is that AR and VR will actually become more adopted in a marketing sense, right? So I think across the board, it's becoming more adopted. It's still not really mainstream. Like you don't see, you know, people walking around their house or sitting down on their couch. You know, I mean, I do it with Amazon. <laughs> you can see what this product would look like in your room. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think from a marketing standpoint, a sales standpoint, that's it. I mean, that's a perfect example of... They did that with the iPhone, you know, on Apple's yeah. website. It's like, see the iPhone on yeah. your table. I'm like, why do I need to see it? But yeah. they had the ability to do it. Yep. And that's it. And so you take that and as brands figure out how they can integrate that into their marketing strategy and as the technology improves, I mean, like what you just explained, you know, you don't have to walk around with an Oculus headset, right? Exactly. For marketers to tap into that market. So I see that that trend continuing. And, you know, if it's not 2020, right, it's 2021 at some point. We're going it's to be, gonna be living, every product. We're going to be living in a completely, you know, integrated world where it's, you know, AR, VR, you know, right. happening all the time, right? So, uh, I, you know, anytime you see something like that, marketers are going to, you know, be thinking and, and scheming and looking at ways to actually leverage that to sell more, more product or more service. So, along with the, so this is my sixth prediction here. It's similar to kind of the direction that I see when I talk about a chief evangelist officer. This prediction is that technology will actually enable a shift back to personalization and less automation, or at least less obvious automation, right? And so we saw this trend, again, similar to like we were talking about with a bubble, is that technology allowed you to, rather than doing everything one-to-one, then it allowed you to do everything at scale. And then everybody did everything at scale and then became very obvious. And so now we see this trend back to, and the shift back to, using that same technology, but then enhancing all that data and personalizing it so much that it looks like it is a one-to-one because it is, I mean, the content, the value, the intent, everything is directed at a very right. specific user persona, whatever that is. So I see that shift continuing to happen. And, you know, we talked about the idea of, you know, texting back and forth with customers the other day, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? That technology it's- is going to allow people and brands to actually communicate on a seemingly one-to-one scale with more and more personalization. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and these are all just, you know, my humble opinions, right? I don't have a an actual crystal ball, like you said, to predict the future, but we see these shifts already. So for me, they're right. just kind of observations of trends that I've, I've seen. Number seven, and, and this is something, again, it's just kind of, if you follow trends and companies and what they're doing, Again, I don't know if it's going to happen in 2020. I think it could, maybe 2021 or 2025. I'm not sure. But I I think at some point, Google will be a full e-commerce platform. And maybe at some point, I could even see Google basically eliminating individual websites. That's Uh, Google's way of competing with Amazon. Right. Because it has everybody's data. Right. Why can't I just get get your credit card and I will do the... And they've tested the this and you've seen, you can buy things on Google Express. Right? Yeah. And so they, We're trying to buy a fridge together. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, that's exactly the trend. I mean, if you search for certain things like household appliances, we saw, I mean, the search results are completely different um, and you can actually purchase. And I, I see this happening all the way down to the small <clears> business <throat> level. Mm-hmm. Again, at some point, you look at what each company does. Google is a platform, right? 
Right. And so if that platform company, how can they become more valuable? And just like you said, well, capturing more of that customer's data, more of that time and attention, keeping them on their platform for longer, which allows for more advertising opportunities. Um, they can make margins on the actual sale, they right. can transactions, all those kind of things, right? The shipping, they can control the whole process. They have the infrastructure, they have the technology in place. Uh, I think that's the logical next step. And then, like you said, we're now competing with Amazon, which, you know, you think about it, a search engine and then a marketplace, when you look at it in that perspective, they're not competitors, but you look at, okay, Amazon is Google's largest right. customer. And then you look at what Amazon is doing with their own, right. basically their own search engine within Amazon. And then you look at how does Google react to that? Well, if they can then sell products, which again, they have everything, everyone's uploading their product listing feed, they run shopping ads, they're sending that traffic now to Amazon to control the rest of the story because that's their biggest right. contributor, biggest customer. So if Google can control that and they can start making more money on that, I think that's the logical next step. They already have your credit card on file. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Apple. You see, they come out with credit cards. So then it's Google credit cards, Google loans, Google right. home loans. I mean, <laughs> I think Agreed. there's no real limits. We talked about before, right? in previous podcasts about kind of understanding your niche and how to sit in there. And it's like, okay, Google's a search engine. All we do is search. When you get to a certain size, like that company, I mean, they can do anything. They're making self-driving cars. They make, you know, phones. Right. They make, they, they have a search engine. They can, you can sell online. They can do shipping. They can do, they can do home loans, credit cards. I mean, whatever. It doesn't seem crazy now. If you would have said maybe five, 10 years ago, right. it would have been like, well, just stick to search, search. engines. But they have, they have that part figured out. What they really have figured out is data and customer journey. And rather than continuing to try to provide tools for everybody else to figure out how to sell more on their platform, they might as well just say, if you're trying to sell something, upload it to our right. system and we will sell it for you. Just like Amazon. We got the eyeballs. <laughs> All right. So my eighth prediction for 2020 is, again, about search and about Google. I believe that if it's not already, position zero is the new position one. Position zero, just to kind of give some context, when you search for something, right now it's a lot of questions. So if you ask a specific question, then you'll see like the knowledge box show up even before the first result, right? Or a mm -hmm. snippet that has the answer, right? And I think while it's not something that is set in stone to say, okay, well, to show up, to be the number one result on a voice search, you have to be that number one result in the rich snippet or the, the knowledge box. But a high percentage of them do, that is what they're pulling from. Because it's very clean data, it's structured properly, it directly answers the question that was being asked. That's why Google's showing it up at the top. Just along those same trends that we were talking about, Google wants to control that user experience. Click-through rates are going to go down, right. less people are going to be going to your website. So the race to the top is now going to be the race to you know position zero, right. um, because that's actually above position one. Um, you know, even above the ads and, and some, depending on what that search term is. So in order to stay ahead with the times, to stay on trend with technology and the ways that users are searching, I think brands are going to really, really, really focus and invest on how do we show up in position zero and capture that audience, even though at this point, it's not necessarily as measurable as position one, where you get the clicks and tra traffic and bounce rates and all that kind of stuff. You don't really have that data aside from maybe Google Search Console, but it's not as measurable in terms of what that impact is. 
um, I think you're going to see that trend happening this year. All right. So my ninth prediction. So this is something that as we were kind of making these, I don't want to say making these predictions up, but, you know, thinking about these predictions, I was looking at trends and different platforms. And my prediction is for Facebook to open up their, to some extent, open up their data providers and allow either more third-party data providers or partner again with some third-party data providers like they did. You want them to get in trouble again? I don't think it will. I think they'll be smarter about it. Yeah, I think it'll say, or the uh, opposite would be there. You look at it now and technically they are open third-party data providers because you can upload your own data, but there's not a lot of smaller integrations, boutique data brokers out there. There's big data that's only accessible to, you know, Fortune 500 companies, right? But for the average marketer, even marketing agencies, a lot of people don't have access to that big data for small business. So I see either Facebook allowing that like they used to, which like you said, they kind of got in trouble or them opening up and say, okay, here's all these data brokers that we're partners with. And that's a whole nother market that doesn't really exist today on a small business perspective. And I see that happening because you look at sort of the rise and fall and the trends with, with Facebook and what industries those type of ads are effective for. And it all comes down to who you're targeting, the, right. the success, what makes or breaks a campaign, it's who you're targeting. Yes, of course, the messaging and the imagery and videos and the call to action and the whole workflow of what where they go, what landing page, that's all very, very important. But it's not important if you're not showing your ads to the right, to right people, people in the first place. So I see that opening up to some extent, whether that's on Facebook side or a new sort of industry that market category, if you will, that comes out. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. All right. And my 10th prediction is that Google will add 10 more search result types this year. I think we've seen that trend over the last couple of years. I don't even know how many different search result types there are today. I don't know if Google Something knows. new <laughs> pops up every time. Remember right. like with the podcast. Yeah. So I think my guess is about 10, which is, you know, just under one a month. I think every month you'll see something new, something different, Some drastic. depending on how, yeah, some, depending on how you search. And that could be just like we talked about the ability to actually interact and check out directly on Google without going to a website or uh, we've seen different product comparison types of results. I mean, there's so many different types of results. And I think that's going to be accentuated by the changes in the ways that people are searching. Because initially, for so long, when Google existed, there was only one or two types of results because everyone 
sat down at a desktop right. and typed in, where do I go for lunch today or whatever right. that may be. And they got a result. Google local was big. Right. And now, <laughs> and now there's so, I mean, now you can see are, the pictures right. of the items. <laughs> I mean, people are asking questions, they're talking, they're typing, they're booking their flights, booking their flights. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's so many different types of results. So I, I just see that really exploding. And I think now, I mean, at some point, every result, every type of search that if I do a search and you do a search for the same exact term, not only will the results be different, but the format in which those results might be different depending on your behaviors and depending on my behaviors and how we interact. Uh, again, they have the data, they know how it works, they know how they can make the most money. Wow. So they're going to continue to shift that way. That's why we keep doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It excites the crap out of us. <laughs> it is. It is exciting. <laughs> it's not ever an industry, you know, you're just sort of like balancing the books and you go home at the end of the night. Because everything is balanced. We it go home thinking it's all screwed up. <laughs> Let's go again and try it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to trying to stay ahead or trying Correct. to catch up. Correct. And I think, like you said, there's a lot to do with trust, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it is Google trusting the brands or these platforms. There was a lot of things that we talked about is yeah. who is trusting who. And, and for us to trust Google, then Google has to be trustworthy for us to trust Facebook, right? It's what it comes down to. And I think Google will have the same thing about us as individuals. Are you a trustworthy individual? Mm -hmm. And that's one of my predictions. And I said, hey, personal branding will be huge because everybody wants to know, you know, the little verified thing. Yeah. It's a, you know, they go through and make sure you have a legitimate, you know, ID and, you know, how many fake accounts you see going right. on, right? They, uh, LinkedIn tried to crack down how many millions of fake accounts. Yeah. So I think it's only core of these platforms to make sure that they have real individuals, real engagement, real people posting real things. Mm -hmm. And also as marketers, it's hard to get someone to listen to you if as individuals, we're not authoritative, right? We're not creating the content or you're not a thought leader. Well, why should somebody listen to you about right. your idea? Every brand has this challenge. Like you said, evangelist is the person who needs to be the thought leader who would need personal branding to be able to do that? Do you know what I mean? Every mm -hmm. company is going to need a person who is going to be the person, the spokesperson. Right. Yeah, no, it's very similar to kind of, like I said, what I think will happen. And yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe it is that personal branding. And I think individuals are also going to catch on to that and sure. see the value in that, which will accelerate that growth a little bit. Because I think you're going to see a lot of people raise their hand and say, I want to be the chief evangelist. I want to build a personal brand for our company. I want to go out and, and be an advocate because they're then building their value for either their next position or their next sure. company or whatever it is. Because like you said, they're building a following, they're building trust. And once you have that, then they're inherently going to be more valuable at their next job interview to say, hey, look, Correct. I already have all these people in this industry that trust me. Now I'm going over here, right? And it's the like CEO the, of T-Mobile uh, might be jumping ship. The, uh, yeah, well, I was yes. going to say it's the Verizon guy went to Sprint. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I know that. So, so again, to me, in any way you look at it, gaining the trust from the people, gaining the trust from the platform, and also making sure that you're authentic. You know, everybody yep. need to invest into it. So that was um, your first prediction. That was, I just really okay. feel like What's people need prediction? to understand. Oh, man, I, I don't know. It's in no particular order. <laughs> okay. Video. We talked about, we made a whole podcast about it. And I think mm -hmm. most of our internet bandwidth is video. I think 82% or some up there. Is all yep. video. And now with the streaming play, Amazon got streaming and, you know, Netflix and Google and 
uh, Apple TV Plus, and I mean, where is it that we're not streaming? Everybody's got YouTube Premium, and yeah, there's, it's too many platforms now. Everybody, right? And Disney's got a, a streaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where it's going, and and I hear talks about five G, and it's just like more content being consumed. So, as a brand, are you creating content? Because all these companies are media companies. Mm-hmm. Why aren't individual companies that we talk to care about creating content, right. video content at scale? Because there's obviously consumption and also the bandwidth is there. People can download without, right, on yep. their go, on their phones. But yes, we are not creating enough content is the, is the other side of my issue is sure. where people aren't doing it. And that's the number one thing that people are consuming. So a lot of opportunity for brands to create content. And on the other side, everybody is consuming it. Um, and I know last year, the year before whatever, Google released the mobile first, you know, the algorithm. Yeah. And Seems like for a this, couple of years. Exactly, say, right? And, and this is so, the year. And we look at search results on mobile that's different from desktop because yeah. we now have the ability to track mobile search results for desktop search results. And speed is what everybody's been talking about. And we know that the average person won't wait longer than 2.9 seconds for a website to right. load. And it actually punishes you as a person who's marketing that if your website's too slow, you don't show up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's only going to get even worse in 2020 as Google cares more about the user. Because remember, Apple yeah. wants to sell you that fridge. Right. So they don't care about your website. They yeah. wanted this person to not quit Google. And right. that means that marketers have to understand that Google doesn't care about your B2B, B2C, e-commerce, whatever website it is. It cares about the user more than anything else, more than the ad money that they get, more than anything else. Is well, these, it's all propped up by the user. Right, yeah. the loyalty. Yeah, going to... Yeah, I mean, the last thing that Google is going to do is show a website at the number one result that is providing a poor user experience. So I, I completely agree with you that if at the very least, first thing you can do is make your website faster than everybody else, especially on a mobile device, even if you think, okay, well, I'm B2B brand, my people are searching on desktops, they're sitting at a cubicle, they're not on their phones. It doesn't matter because Google is going to favor those websites. They're going to give more opportunities to the websites that are prepared. Um, And I think if you think that your users aren't using a mobile device, I don't know what industry you're in because (laughs) everyone is using a mobile device. There's data to back that up to support that. Everyone. All right. Agreed. I know. That was nice. Okay. So that was uh, Google will punish you. That's what I said. You guys get punished. Okay. If you don't get punished yet, you're about to get slapped. Build a new website if you need to. <laughs> One thing is because, again, there's a lot of talks about omnichannel. A lot of folks know that you walk into a store, then how do I track the offline conversion mm-hmm. to online conversion? I think there will be better tools out there for tracking offline and online analytics, especially commerce and data and so on. There will be some consolidation in that space because Google's trying hard. Everybody's trying to do it. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that any marketer who's out there who's concerned about this kind of sort of information can have access to it. And this is not going to be too long where you're worried about it. I think we'll be able to pinpoint that Taylor walked in and walked out with a $200, whatever it is. Yep. Right. But you saw the ad on a Facebook feed while you were still home kind yep. of thing. Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, we I keep coming back. We see these trends and I look at it as like a wave, right? Because it's like back in the day, there was no real tracking reporting for marketing. It was like almost a running joke of like, it is, you know, this black box that I'm, you know, 50% of my marketing isn't working. I just don't know what 50%, right? Uh, And then tracking got more and more and more advanced. 
And now, or, you know, then the next step was I'm not investing in any channel that I can't properly track and measure. Uh, and now I see that trend kind of going back to there's some things that we know are beneficial. We don't know to what extent, but we see other companies doing it. We talk about position zero or voice search. Not exactly sure how that's translating to revenue on the short term without that data. Something like offline conversions, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a physical you know, retail store. I sell specifically through distribution partners, so I don't want to market. I don't want to advertise. We're seeing that shift go back to, I know it's not trackable today, but I know it's going to be beneficial. And so I want to get ahead of that. And like you said, technology is just going to improve. I mean, at some point, Google will probably just give you that data directly yeah. um, to say, hey. Google knows it's your phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then my next one is brand loyalty will be even harder and you need to work on the trust with your customers. A lot of people think you could just throw up a mm-hmm. Facebook page and run some ads and all of a sudden you could sell whatever the product that's sort of gone viral. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that easy. Yeah. It's just not going to be that easy. Yeah. People aren't so, going to trust just any Facebook page just because you have the AirPods yeah. for half the price. <laughs> so do you think it's just, you said brand loyalty become harder just because of the volume of Yeah, everybody is like, how many marketing messages are we exposed to every single day? And what am I supposed to do as a consumer? Just trust anybody's yeah. ad, right? So options, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. as a consumer, as a company, I think you're right. I mean, it, it's... Uh, it's going to be more difficult, which makes it more important. Just go to the water aisle in your thing and see how many kind of water bottles you can buy. <laughs> yeah. How many different kind of water? There's yeah. smart water, this water, that water, yeah. right? Vitamin water. <laughs> I mean, I literally said this is insanity. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, the even on the B2B side, right? It's the internet and technology has closed the gap and closed the distance, right? And we're now a global yeah. world and everybody knows if you want to find a distributor, a manufacturer, uh, you know, somebody who's going to provide private label, whatever, you can have 15 brands that are all selling the same product because you can figure that out, right? So then that's where it's like you said, brand loyalty is so hard because then it's a price war. So brands are going to have to do more to stand out, but also they have to do more to provide better experience. Correct. It's all going to come down to the experience, right? Because customer service experience, if you're selling the same product or offering essentially the same service, it comes down to how you treat your customers. I mean, there's not much else that you can really do. Hey, just saying consumers are becoming more skeptical, so it's going to be harder to build loyalty. Facebook ads cost per click. Everybody's been banking on the fact that Facebook's so cheap. I think it's going to go up. Yeah, There's no, it's, it's only up. It's only going to be trending up. No matter what it is, again, more and more people are dumping their Google ads into Facebook. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, they were dumping their traditional marketing into Google. Yeah. It's happening. And it's only a matter of time where it costs $8 for a certain audience or whatever. And we're just going to have to be okay yeah. with it. Makes sense. So what's the next platform after that? I have no idea. <laughs> That's, That's next year's prediction. <laughs> but I'm saying because Google, uh, Facebook is at such high scale with yeah. the messenger ads, it's, the Instagram yeah, ads. It's a bubble the, like we right. were talking about, yeah. It's like everybody, there's no third platform that I'm going to be working on. It's just Facebook, right? So that's why. Yeah. Organic, anything, organic, social, organic on LinkedIn, organic on Instagram will get less engagement. So you're going to have to deploy some paid budget to get that. Because again, there's just so much content. All the algorithm is tweaked at getting, you know, people that have the highest engagement to see the content. Mm -hmm. And so even if you just post videos after videos on YouTube, you're going to see that it's just not getting any traction because, again, there's just so much content being created, just organic. So unless 
you really know how to optimize it, which yeah. again, as a marketer, that's what we teach people to do. And yeah. right, unless you really know how to market, unless you really know how to do your keyword research, unless you know, put the right hashtags and so on, it's going to get harder and harder to just sort of reach people, just pure organic. So paid is going to have to be part of the equation, no matter what. And I said, companies will pour more and more into R&D for predictive analytics. I think there's everyone who's an investor and putting billions and millions of dollars and, you know, trying to create these startups to grow, they're going to want to know, is this going to work? Yeah. And also, if you have a, a good customer base and you're trying to deploy more capital to make it better, again, look at that. Look, look at Google and Fitbit. They want to know, is this going to be something that's going to help all the other consumer brands that Google's got? And if yes, because, you know, how many things Google bought that didn't really go anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. I think Google has a track record of having floppy acquisitions <laughs> than others yeah. just because, right? Yeah. They bought so many so things. Yeah. And they take that data and put it in different departments or whatever. But yeah, I, I like that one about the, you know, brands spending more money on R&D in relation to predictive analytics, I think. I think that's it, right? Is everyone healthcare? Everyone yeah. is going to invest into it. Yeah. I think insurance companies want to know: Is this yeah. guy worth insuring? Because guess what? Is he, you know, patient right. compliant? Is he going to do anything? Right. If not, I don't want to give him any insurance, right? Because the risk is on them. Right. Yeah, I think. Well, we've seen so many like seismic shifts in different markets and industries that you thought would never change or fall or whatever, and consumer behavior shifts and changes. So. I think anything that brands can do to kind of protect themselves and stay out of the curve and get a little bit of a leg up on a the competition, they're going to do. And so and the so technology the, is there, the right. data is there. That's in a, marketing, they're going to say, if I spend $10,000 a day in ads, am I going to get the return? And we need to predict what's going to happen. Yep. That's why we need it. All right. So uh, email. I mean, I know I, I, we all emails. We yep. talk about it. We I told the other day on video, go do more emails. However, <laughs> the open rates and the click-through rates are all going down over time, depending on how well you're engaged the audience is and also your ability as a marketer to write really good content and make sure that you have the right tools for the, you know, so that they open it. It's just not as easy as it used to be. Sure. So I, I'm saying we had to reimagine email maybe smaller lists, higher amounts of personalization, like you said. Yeah. Email is that it doesn't work. It's just that people don't think it's as easy as constant contact, one list, once a month, everybody gets the same thing, click yeah. send. Yeah. It's like it has said, to be with, redone. With the uh, with the content and the, the increase in competition, I mean, there's just so many. I don't even know how I get subscribed to all these emails. Like, I don't remember subscribing to them. All. There's so many that you can't even, you're inundated with all these different emails. And so it's harder to stand out. Right. It's harder to build that brand loyalty. Just so you said, you don't, you might not necessarily have avid, you know, followers that can't wait to get your email. Correct. Right? You know, it's, it just has to be redone yeah. from the ground up. All right. So more of my rant on the space that we're in, mm -hmm. MarTech space. I said, there needs to be a lot of consolidation in the space every mm -hmm. year. You know, there's just more and more tools to do just the same exact thing the other yep. tool can do, maybe slightly different. It's just not enough reason to build more and more and so much millions of dollars, you know, money spent into it, venture capital money, mm -hmm. building all these tools. I don't know where the end is other than why do we need just another tool to do exactly the same thing? Everybody's sure. rebranding their tools. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, but there needs to be a lot of consolidation. It's just, it's just so overwhelming yeah, yeah and, and one thought on that is that you know if there's not a consolidation within the tech companies i think a lot of that 
it would be consolidated. You won't have a choice. I think Google is going yeah. to give you that data, right? I agree. I mean, we've seen that trend in Google. I mean, obviously, like Google Data Studio, and they just recently came out with some other update for like a Google sort of dashboard kind of thing where you can kind of mix and match some of your data from different Google products, which was never available before, before. with Search Console and AdWords and all this kind of thing. So like we just talked about with the you know whole e-commerce side of it is Google has all that information. So the fact that, you know, as marketers, you can create a, a broad dashboard that is going to be more comprehensive or more specific than the data that Google has is kind of ridiculous, right? So I, I think you're right, a consolidation and then it will probably go up market. I think a lot of those enterprise type tools are still going to be effective and then very niche specific tools. Yep. Google's not going to make, you know, Google Data Studio for dentists, right? Correct. Uh, so I, I think that that's going to be effective, but I do agree there's so many marketing technologies that solve one little tiny problem <laughs> that, you know, I think it can be consolidated, brought into somebody's going to buy up a or, bunch of companies and or consolidate. Have a choice and Google's going to yeah. do it for you. I agree. So then that wasn't red time. I didn't that count was, them down, but I do 20. have a bonus. That was 20. You have that a was bonus. 20. I got okay. a bonus. So it's 21. <laughs> 21 we'll go back and edit the beginning. We talk about podcasts a lot and we love it. And we want as many people in the world to make podcasts. So I think it's going to explode in 2020 Yeah, because I myself is responsible for a hundred new podcasts. <laughs> so if they all go and make yeah. podcasts and they're all telling others to make podcasts, there's actually, I did just a quick search. There's about 700,000 podcasts already. So it is a mature wow. place. And yeah. there's like 62, I don't know. Uh, uh, last time I had a stats of how many ever millions, 62 millions or something active listeners every yeah. week or something like that. It's it's going to grow and it has no choice but to grow. But I think it's going to be a quality over quantity play. Mm -hmm. um, so as all of you are thinking about your podcast, yeah, you know, figuring out exactly what to where to create the content, where's that long yeah. tail so you can have your uh, engaged audience. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking about how we summarize this. And again, we we didn't talk to each other about your predictions, my predictions, but if you kind of had to draw a straight line through all of these, it, it comes down to that personalization. I think that personal branding, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that one because almost every single one of our reasoning behind these predictions came down to, just like you said with podcasts, is, People want to do business with companies, brands that they know and they trust. And there's no better way for them to have an insight into that company than video, than right. podcasts, all those kind of things. So I think that is a, the common thread that it's always been there. And people have said forever, you know, focus on building a brand that people trust and, you know, reaching out to your customers and providing more value and providing a better service and offering a product. But now it's going to be even highlighted even more because of the way that data is you know right. distributed and, and people i mean you put out a bad product or service and there's a thousand bad reviews in five seconds right. right so i think the rise of all of that is going to eliminate a lot of imposters or you know right. bad companies or you know shady business practices and um you'll see a, a shift again to sort of rise to the top of the people that are doing it right but if you don't from a marketing standpoint embrace that you're kind of going to be left behind right because you can have the best product service in the world. But if you don't do anything to actually highlight that and increase in visibility to your brand, then someone else will. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. That was your 20, 20, predict 20 predictions, 20, 20 <laughs> yes. predictions plus a bonus 21. Exactly. So thanks a lot for tuning in and we will see you next time. 
Join us at growthmarketers.co for podcast notes and more. We are on a mission to build a community of growth marketers to systemize and scale businesses.